Here we are, week four of Advent. We're almost there. We are almost there. Christmas, three days away. And the hardest part of waiting, it's always at the very beginning of a waiting season and the very end of the waiting season. At the beginning, you're just, it just seems so far away. And then you're almost there, and you're so, so sick of waiting. You're just ready for it to come. Like kids, they are so gift-driven, aren't they? And this Christmas, I mean, like a month for them is like four years is what it feels like. And they've been waiting and waiting and waiting to open these gifts. So what happens? Right around Christmas time, they become these little angels. And they start, like, making their bed without asking. They empty the dishwasher without you asking. They're, like, nice to each other, siblings. And they're like, what's going on? But then you realize, oh, wait, they're actually emotional manipulators is what they are. Because they come to you and they have the question, Mom, Dad, I've been so good lately. And, you know, I've been just thinking, I've just been thinking, this kind of just came to me. Um, Christmas is coming in just a couple of days. What if we just opened, like, one of our gifts, like, tonight? You see, I, I really like what I got you for Christmas, and I want you to open my gift. So maybe you open your gifts, and I can open all my gifts tonight. They're emotional manipulators, these kids. I don't know. We were all there. So here we are, week four of Advent, mere days away from celebrating the gift of Christ that we receive at that first Noel, that first holy day of the birth all those years ago. And there's this longing within us, this impatient waiting and eagerness and attention in our expectation. But we've been looking at how Christ meets us in unexpected ways. And so far we've looked at the unexpected hope, love, and joy that is found in Christ Jesus. But we are eager to get to Christmas. So in this tension, this longing, this final Sunday of waiting, let's take a moment to explore the peace that we have in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but for me, I could use a little peace today. So, we're going to look at three verses in Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet, and he receives this vision from the Lord. There's a lot involved with this vision, but it includes a vivid picture of a kingdom of peace coming for God's people. Part of the, vision, of the vision of the kingdom of peace, it includes the manifestation of a king. But not just any king. We're talking about the king of kings, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So our text today, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at Isaiah 7, 14. It's on page 400-something in your Bibles. I forgot to write it down, but, you know, there it is. Well, it's going to be on the screen. There you go. Pew Bibles as well. Let's go and open God's word together, starting with verse 14 of chapter 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And moving over to Isaiah 9. For to us a child is born. To us, a child, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. 
he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This prophecy is spoken about 700 years before Jesus was born. And we know that the virgin it speaks of was Mary. The son that was born is Jesus Christ, who is Emmanuel. And as Hope Kids taught us this morning, that means God with us. Not this distant, far-off God, but God coming to us to be with us forever. And then it says the government, it will be on his shoulder. He will bear the responsibility of governing the people. And that's not just for a season. That's not just for a term of four years or anything like that. It's forever. Verse 7 says forever because God's kingdom, that's what it talks about when it says government, it is forever and ever and ever. He is, Jesus Christ, the wonderful counselor. He has divine wisdom. He is our mighty God. He has everlasting power. He's the everlasting Father with compassionate care for all people. And he is the prince of peace. He is the bringer of peace, the source of peace, and he brings with him all of peace's blessings. So, last week we looked at the shepherds. We know that when the angels appeared to the shepherds, they declared that peace has arrived on earth. They said, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Because where God is, there also is peace. So peace, it's on earth in human form. It's wrapped in swaddling clothes. And it has a name. And that name is Jesus. But a lot of times when we think of the word peace, we kind of think of like world peace or something. Or you might think of hippies. Anyone here uh, want to proclaim they were a hippie in their day? There it is. Loud and proud, Joe. I love that. Hey, peace to you, brother. That's right. All right. <laughs> We might think of hippies or just maybe we reduce it to like a lack of violence between kind of two parties or something like that. But when you unpack peace, the Hebrew word for peace, it's one of the more known Hebrew words, it's shalom. It goes way beyond just not fighting between two people. Shalom means how things are meant to be. It's, shalom is this slice of heaven it's, it means unbroken, wholeness. It means complete. Who here needs a bit of that shalom today? Yeah, loud and proud, Joe. I love it. There it is. That's right. We all do. We all need that. See, think about even just 
if you just reduce it to just this season of life where we are in right now, days before Christmas, there are things, there's gifts to buy, there's food to cook, there's plans to finalize, plans to get out of, there's family you're excited to see, there's family members that you have to see. The holidays, along with all the gifts, along with all the blessings, all the joy, all the excitement it brings with it, also so much baggage. Oh man, the holidays can be hard. It can bring with it unrest, unease. It can highlight the reality that things are broken and we all desperately need peace. But at that first Christmas, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, was born. And when he was born, what did he do but bring peace for all people? He came to restore things to how they were meant to be. And this was promised all throughout the Old Testament. The prophets speak of this peace in terms of the covenant. That's the language that they use. It means kind of like God's commitment to people. Uh, So when the prophets speak, they're speaking the words of God. So Ezekiel says, I'll make with them a what? A covenant of peace. Malachi says, my covenant will be one of life and peace. Micah says, the Messiah will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of his name, of the Lord, his God, and he will be their peace. It's this person of peace, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, who comes to fulfill this commitment that God has made. And a covenant, it is grounded in a relationship. Otherwise, it'd be a contract. A covenant is grounded in relationship. And there is no peace with God between us and God unless you are in a covenant relationship with him. This was the case from the beginning of creation, and it had always been the case throughout the Old Testament history. But the beauty is God is the one to always take initiative to make a way of peace for his sinful people. See, Jesus, he grants us the peace between us and God that we need. So how does this work? God is holy, that means he's perfect in every single way. There's, he has no wrong in him. There's no fault within God. There's no stain or blemishes. He is perfect in every possible way. God is holy, but we are not. See, Scripture tells us every single one of us has sinned. We have fallen short of God's standard, and sin breaks our intimacy with a holy God. And this is why God hates sin, because it is everything he is not. It's the opposite of holiness. And sin, it severs us from God. It breaks us away from it, and it destroys our relationship, our world, our lives. And so there's no peace, because sin destroyed it. Just look around the world. It is broken. Sin has affected everything. And God, we know, is a just God. He's completely just 
And because he is just, he must punish sin. But God is also at the same time merciful and loving and righteous. Just like it says in Isaiah 9-7, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. He is just, so he must punish sin. But he is merciful, and so he sends Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice to bear that sin of the world on his shoulders, to die in our place as the ultimate punishment of sin. He took the penalty upon himself and paid the price, granting us forgiveness of sin so that God's justice is satisfied, his holiness remains, his mercy extends to all. Amen. Amen. That, that doesn't just do it. God shows his complete power and authority over sin and death by rising Jesus from the dead. He offers the peace of Christ to everyone who chooses to accept it, to proclaim him as their Lord and Savior, to say, I have sinned, God, you're right, and I want to follow you. Will you forgive me? And he will, every time. Because where there was no road to peace, where, where there was no way to peace, there was nothing we could do on our own power to establish peace after sinning. God made a way. And it's not just for a temporary, short-term, unstable peace. It's an everlasting peace that transcends all understanding. And this is why Jesus was born in Bethlehem. This is why God sent forth his son into the world to make things right to make them how they were meant to be. He came to do the work of the new covenant, the new covenant of peace that the Old Testament talks about. It's the work of reconciliation, the work of bringing sinful people like us back into relationship with God. And so, where there was no way, he made a way for us to have peace. See, Jesus gives us peace with God. He didn't just come to give us situational peace, conditional peace. He came to bring us an everlasting peace. Because of this everlasting peace, we can experience the peace of God in all areas of our lives if we are open to accepting it. Jesus gives us an inner peace. Those who believe in him are filled with the Holy Spirit, and that grants us the gift of inner peace. He's our comforter, our guide, our encourager. Jesus says this in John 14, 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace that I give, it's a gift the world cannot give. We can't find it anywhere outside of God. It is from God alone. So don't be troubled or afraid. Because it is the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Not only do we have that, that peace that comes from the assurance of our salvation, but the peace of mind knowing that God will heal this broken world and will come again. 
His peace doesn't fade. It doesn't expire. It is present in all our circumstances. And beyond just making peace with God and peace, inner peace, he also gives us peace with others. In Jesus Christ, we can put aside our differences. He says, or it's said in Galatians 3, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now that you belong to Christ, you're the true children of Abraham. You're his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham, that is his covenant of peace, belongs to you. We can put aside our differences, especially with other believers, because we belong to the same family. Except we're all part of families, right? And sometimes our families are the hardest to have peace with. Isn't that true? If you're sitting with your family, maybe just give me a, like a blink, an aggressive blink, so they don't see you. <laughs> sometimes the people we're closest to, it's the hardest to have that peace with. And yet... We all have, as God's family, the same purpose to spread the peace of Christ, to share the good news of Christ, to recognize our equal sinfulness within our lives and proclaim that God is good and he's made a way for us. This peace, it also, it guards our hearts from the devil. It brings us joy, something we talked about last week. It's a blessing from God it assists us during our dire circumstances. So in Jesus, because of Jesus, we have spiritual peace, emotional peace, relational peace, everlasting peace. And here's the thing. A covenant, right, is grounded in relationship. So if we are active in our relationship with God, then God will produce fruit of the Spirit out of us. What are the first three fruit of the Spirit but love, joy, peace? There's a lot more too, and they're all good. <laughs> what we experience, we get to then share with others. It becomes an outpouring of our heart and our lives when we are in a relationship with God. So then our peace can become, you know, our peace we know is God's peace becomes others' peace. Those who do not know God can experience the peace of God through you being in relationship with God and then sharing that blessing with them. And then they may say, you know what? I need that peace in my life. But each one of us here know, because we're all alive, we're all breathing, we all have experience, knows that peace, it occurs in the struggle, not in place of the struggle. You see, God never promised us an easy life. He said, Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. That's not a might. That's not a maybe or a not. That's a you will have them. But what? Take heart because I have overcome the world. Our peace can persist because there is nothing in this world that God cannot handle. There is nothing in this world that can break that peace. There is nothing that can overcome it because Jesus is the one on the throne. We will have struggles. 
we are promised we will have struggles. But what do we have to carry us through those struggles but an undergirding of peace that comes from Jesus? We're not promised an easy life. But God has made a way for us. There is a light at the end of the tunnel no matter our circumstances. The trials of this world are temporary. His peace, it is everlasting. This Christmas, in the face of the busyness, in the face of the trials, the frustrations, all the family stuff, the fights, perhaps even loneliness, the heartache, the grief that holidays can bring up, may we all choose to take a deep pause and recognize that peace that persists in our life. That God meets us in our pain, he meets us in our grief. That his peace is a foundation under everything. And perhaps, may we make it our job this Christmas season to share that peace with those that God has placed before us. Because we're not the only ones who need it. Everyone needs it, desperately. For where there was no way, our God made a way. He made a way so that he might restore things to how they were meant to be. So may God's peace be made real here today in all of our lives and all those we encounter. Praise be to God. Let's pray. Lord, you are so good. You are so good that we find peace and comfort in you, no matter our circumstances. And Lord, we know, too, that it's not always easy to feel that peace that is found in you when our, our situation is dire and desperate. So Lord, we do pray. We do pray for that constant reminder of that peace we have. We pray that you allow others to speak that truth into our lives. And God, as we struggle and we fight for that peace, we pray that you are gracious to us and you illuminate within us all the good promises that you have said to us. Lord, we thank you that you have given us life out of death, that you forgive us for our sins, that in the corruption and and desperate state of this world, that you reign supreme, that you are the prince of peace. We celebrate Christmas, God. We recognize all that you've done. We know why you came, and so we celebrate it. And we wish to live our lives as a living testimony to that. So help us do that, God. Equip us where we need it. Give us the courage to speak boldly and the courage to pause and rest in the peace that we only have in you. We are your children, God, and we love you. We're in desperate need of you to make things as they should be. And we know you're always active at work doing that, God. So thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.